Welcome back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the weaker vessel. Hello, everyone. Also joined with us is Erica's brother and my very own brother-in-law, Lane Green. What's up? Lane has been a guest with us before, a couple episodes. Not uh, to be confused with Blaine. Right, Blaine is the Rollette boy. You guys are very familiar with Sandra Rollette, Scotty Rollette, and then we had a season of Apprentice Theologians with Blaine Rollette and our very own Lila. But this is Lane. It mm-hmm. certainly rhymes. It's not the same person. Right. But anyway, um, if you guys want to get to know more about us, please follow Reformed Rebel Network on social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And like, comment, share if you find all of this content beneficial. We greatly appreciate it. If you want to financially support us as little as $2 a month, you can go to patreon.com slash reformed rebel and you can do so there. And that will unlock a bunch of content. We're trying to release even more content every week. Every episode we do some extra content before and after the actual episode that you're hearing right now not really after more so before yeah it depends on the episode if there's some after content some post show content but uh we want to release that for the patrons and um so you can go sign up two dollars a month is the lowest you can do obviously you can do more and that enables us to continue to put out the content we do and um we greatly appreciate it there is a shortage of content at the moment. Things have been weird. Due to many factors. I'm sure you guys are all aware. <laughs> the world has not been the same since March, pretty yeah, much. pretty much March. Uh, pretty much uh, everything was shut down, locked down, and people's lives got very different. Yeah. So. Busy and slow at the same time. Rebel Podcast has been on a hiatus because not only lockdown, but... Nate has been running around doing a lot. Because Nate's been going to war. That's right. He has. Right on topic for the evening. So true. We can use Nate as our shining example of what to do. Right now? Or do you want to wait till we get into it a little bit? Well, we'll let Nate make his own announcements of his own, you know. All right, all right. Accomplishments, but. Well, because of that, I hope they start up soon. Nate's been BA. Yeah, he has. He has been rocking it. Mm Mm-hmm. We need to say anything else? Um, what content do we have out right now? We have the P- Little Pilgrim's Promise. Yes. If you go to our YouTube channel, there's a four-part series tracing the pilgrims from England to Holland to America. And we kind of explored the theology behind why they did what they did. And it is geared towards kids, but there's a lot of historical content there that I think can benefit anyone. Mm. And it's even put in a playlist. There's four episodes. It's about an hour all together. And a lot of music. This production level is a little higher on those. Music and... As high as we get. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> but anyway, it's um, it's good, right? I mean... Yeah, it was cute. I'm obviously Helpful. biased. but Right. So, 
there is a corresponding coloring sheet on our patron patron page. Patron page. page. Okay. I yeah. don't know what to call it. Yeah, it's still a page. You just got to pay to access everything gotcha. on the page. On so the yeah, so if there. you're a patron and you want to use that content for your kids, then just know there's a corresponding coloring sheet you can print off. There you go. And I think that's pretty much it for now. We have not had an episode for a couple weeks, two weeks. Yes. Things have been real weird here because I think our move is going to be delayed, possibly, possibly till October. Yep, it's potentially till October. The thanks to COVID. Yeah, COVID really did screw up all our plans. That's right. okay. God has a plan. It'll all work out well in the end. Yeah, God is sovereign. He knows best. And despite the world, who is completely untrustworthy, God still is. So we just kind of rest in that every day. And all the plans may fall through and be postponed. But hey, God's got it. It'll work out okay in the end. So in case you guys have been living under a rock, which maybe some of you have, and I don't even blame you. Which some do. You know how those astronauts like flew into space? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like those are the lucky ones. That's yeah, so true. A bunch of memes on that. <laughs> Geniuses. Anyway, <laughs> but it, yeah, the world has been going crazy. Any, any, uh, well, offers not only, of evidence. Huh, well, you know, not only did COVID stop like the world, um, then people started protesting the lockdowns, and once they realized that this, they protested the lockdowns. Yes. Okay. The COVID lockdowns, people were protesting in many different states, um, Wisconsin being one of them. Michigan. Yeah, big ones in Michigan. It was happening everywhere, North Carolina, here a little bit even, in New York City. Um, Yeah. And and that was because the predictions about the disease were inaccurate, gravely inaccurate. And so people were trying to tell their governments that this lockdown doesn't match what we're seeing, right? Mm-hmm. And so you need to let us go back to work, give us our livelihoods back. This is unconstitutional. On and on they went. And then George Floyd died. Well, first it was a mod arbery, and then it was George true. Floyd. That started to that that was like the storm was brewing. Yeah, people yeah. already bothered and pent up because of the lockdown, because of everything going on with COVID. And then... That was our cat flushing the toilet, y'all. Yeah. Cat has no respect for the podcast. <laughs> and um, so Ahmaud Arbery in Georgia uh, died at the hands of two men who were attempting a citizen's arrest. And there's a whole lot of controversy still kind of going on. But at the same time, George Floyd died while being arrested at the hands of a police officer named Derek Chauvin. I'm sure a lot of you have heard, listened, and uh, you know, studied up on this, whether in the news, online. It's basically impossible yeah. to avoid yeah. at this point. And, and because maybe some were slow to react um, to the situation, protests started erupting. Probably first in Minneapolis, which is I where think it, it was happened. First in Minneapolis. Yeah, I think so. yeah. And then because you know the community people want to support the community, <laughs> protests started happening everywhere. Yeah. 
And they have continued now. It's been three weeks. The protest quickly escalated into violence mm-hmm. in many places. Not well, all places, but many places. Minneapolis. Looting. Yeah. It got real ugly. And businesses were destroyed. Property was destroyed. People were injured. It got real bad. Looting. A target was looted in, in Minnesota. And that became kind of a... Kind of the staple and start of the whole... Right, because right, they started closing targets down then. Yeah, yeah. even here in New York, they target closed down, how many, 15 stores? Yeah, it was a handful. And then they, they backed up some of them. They, they didn't close down a few. Yeah. The one closest to us was going to be one of them. It's, for people who have never lived in New York, it's kind of hard to explain, but like, Something as simple as closing down a target is basically like cutting off your supply line, which I know sounds absolutely bizarre because you think New York, well, there's like everything here. But for us, like we don't have Walmart supercenters. Mm-hmm. We don't really have anything besides like a corner store or like right. just your corner bodega, like bodega yeah. kind of thing. So Walgreens maybe would be the next best thing if you don't have like a local well, target. And during this time, remember, everything is still shut down. Right, yeah. So Target was actually one of the only stores still fully open. Right. So other department stores, they're not open right now. Right. So if you need like formula for a baby or diapers or even just like normal groceries, whatever, if your grocery store, your local grocery store in your block or your bodega, whatever, is all sold out, like you're just out of luck. And a lot of people don't have transportation because they use public transportation, which Mm -hmm. is also cut to a minimum right now. So going outside of the state or outside of like a walking radius yeah. is really hard for a lot of people. So this whole thing really has brought on a lot of chaos. Right. That's that's our point in bringing all that up. Right. So because we have been a little bit more quiet, not so much on our social media. I mean, you have been more vocal than I have just because we've been so busy. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I, we have witnessed and talked about a lot is just how many Christians in particular, uh, like evangelical pastors and stuff, and even just people in the congregation, have either jumped into this Black Lives Matter movement, fully embracing it, warts and all, or how many Christians um, see the warts and rather than engaging with the issues of the Black Lives Movement um, issues. Yeah. What they do is they will just say, if I stay out of it, if I don't post anything about it, if I don't embrace it, if I just kind of like shut my mouth about it, it'll go away and I won't have to deal with it. Right? Sadly. Yeah, that's what we've seen. There are a lot of Christians who maybe even at first, cause we have known a couple people who will say something very mildly controversial against the movement right. Which is really just affirming any kind of biblical truth or biblical justice. Right. That, that's that's what we're talking about. Right. Like, Simple biblical truths are highly controversial right now. Right. And then people would instantly attack the the you know the man typically who posted the controversial mm-hmm. statement, and then people would have to delete because they don't they can't keep up with the negative comments, and it it really is just like a cesspool of. Depravity, I feel like right. on social media right now. Anyway, this whole idea of like retreating and not engaging, 
thought made me think of do you remember the movie The Patriot? We were just talking about it the yeah, other day with Mel Gibson. Movie. Amazing movie. If you haven't watched this movie, you should. Actually it's very timely for our world right now. So true. But in the movie, for those of you who have never watched it, Mel Gibson is a single father. I don't remember what happened to his wife, but he has like seven kids or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's held during the Revolutionary War mm-hmm. time in, the, in South Carolina. Yep, in South Carolina. Um in the beginning of the movie, they realize that war is imminent. So there is a town hall meeting and the men are arguing back and forth about whether or not they should join together and go to war to fight for the colonies or if they can just hold off. And Mel Gibson's character has been in a war before and so he knows the atrocities of war and he doesn't want to go to war. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't want people like fighting in my backyard. If you know, this is going to be a war that's fought amongst you. This is not going to be like a war fought in another country where Mm -hmm. you don't have to witness all the terrible things that happen. Anyway, during the course of the movie, he ends up becoming involved because his son gets involved. Mm -hmm. Well, they come to his his son dies. Right. Right. They come to his farm um, uh, because he's taking care of both uh, the British soldiers that are injured and American soldiers that are injured. And he's taking care of both at his house because there was a battle literally in his fields the night before. And just being a kind man, he takes care of him. And then Colonel Tavington, who I can't remember in real life he's supposed to mimic, um, but he comes and says, oh, you're you're harboring... The, you know, the treasonous colony soldiers. Yeah, colonial soldiers. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you should be held trial and starts... You know what I mean? Colonel Tavington was an awful, terrible man. And the guy he mimics in real life, too, was the same. But, like Lane said, his son ends up saying, you know, he was was part of it. And then he was going to get taken away and hung for treason or something. And then the other son jumps in. Yeah, yeah. So now yeah. he's involved. Watch the movie if you haven't watched it. Super good. What happens, <laughs> though, is because Mel Gibson's character is harboring fugitive uh, soldiers, his house gets burned down. Mm-hmm. And whoever that guy's name is, I can't remember his name, the the enemy, the the uh, crown, the red coat. What is his name? Colonel Tavington. Is that his yeah. name? Tavington? Yeah. I thought that was the other guy. Anyway, uh-huh. Tavington just says, like, let it be known if you harbor the enemy, like, we will destroy you. Right. We will destroy you, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just sitting here thinking about what happens when war comes to your doorstep. And yeah. you, we can pretend to be Mel Gibson in the situation and think, if we just ignore it, it'll go away. But it's not going to go away. And whether or not you want to admit it, we are in a war. Right. And so now you have to decide... Even if you try and play neutral, right? Like you're harboring the the um, redcoats and you're harboring the colonial soldiers and you're trying to play nice and neutral here, right? Like we can kind of adopt some of the right. Black Lives Matter movement ideologies right. that go the whole like, um, well, just the evangelical route right. widely. But even like Matt Chandler, yeah. uh, I think Al Mohler has been pretty soft on the issue. Has he? Yeah. But it's like the affirm, let's just affirm what's good in this. Russell Moore is a hot mess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all of that. If you try and play neutral and take both sides and try and marry the two, what's going to end up happening 
is your house is going to get burned down. Yep. Because if you even try and play neutral, you are picking the wrong side. And if you, so if you go to the Black Lives Ladder, really? Black Lives Ladder? <laughs> wow, wow. Black Lives Matter website, and you look at their about section, just what they're about, their, their stance, what they're about, what their mission is, they don't like hold back any punches at all. They tell you exactly what they're about, and everything they're about is anti-Christian. Yeah. They are all about um, transgender, the LGBTQ um, propaganda. The they want family. They want to dismantle the nuclear family. They want to dismantle the heteronormative privilege. Um, all this kind of stuff that is just biblical. Right. That the family is central. Um, How you form a family is actually God's design for a strong society. Right. And everything, there's, it's demonic is what it is. Everything that they're about. Right. And so, okay, they care about justice. Got it. So do Christians. But uh, an ungodly person is going to get at justice already from the wrong point if they don't start with the Bible. Well, yeah, by what standard do you care about justice? What does justice look like for someone who doesn't understand God's law? Right. It's going to be a dumpster fire. That's going to be their definition of justice. And... Have you ever heard the analogy of um, if you are eating a salad and you keep finding bugs in your salad, like how long do you keep eating the salad? Yeah. Do you say like, oh, this is a really good salad with a few bugs in it? Or right. do you just like dump the salad and make a new salad? Right. Like I think it's time to like stop picking like the grasshopper legs out of your salad and just make a new salad. Well, and on the flip side, the Virginia battle flag, commonly known as the Confederate flag, is being it's banned by the marine corps and in, in all you know uses period and then you know everyone's talking about how terrible it is it's a sign of oppression and hatred and all this kind of stuff not to say that the south during the civil war in america was perfect right however where are the people saying well you know what i i just embrace the good parts right i just want to embrace the good parts of that right states rights was good and you know whatever well if you do that you can look at people like Doug Wilson with the black and tan and all that sort of thing. Right. They're basically crucified. Yeah. You can't just pick the good parts out. So the Christians that are saying, oh, well, we'll just go to Black Lives Matter and pick, uh, the, good pick the good parts out. You're being a hypocrite. Just pick I, the crickets out of the salad. Right. You can still eat it. Yeah. So you can't can't do that. Right. So you you do. you If you don't just... Stick to biblical justice and stick to biblical principles and stand up for them, then you're going to be compromised. Right. And if you think you can stay out of it, you already are compromised. And they, the thing is, is that, that for them, and this is, you know, Doug Wilson's thing in November, but um, they, there's no quarter for yeah. people who disagree with them. Like it even says on their site, like we do not. We don't want any of this stuff. Even and then in the same the next paragraph though they'll say, you know, we're all inclusive. We accept everyone from all genders, all sexualities, all you know faiths or no faith. Or, and then they list off all this stuff. And I'm like, right here, you guys are such hypocrites. Right there, it it eats them eats itself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But um, something that's been really sad that I've seen is and you sort of mentioned it earlier is seeing good friends that are conservative be you know 
they're sharing things on Facebook or wherever that are good, good, strong stances. Um, and then I saw someone share something and they said, I've deleted a bunch of recent posts because I didn't realize, you know, who I was hurting or who I might hurt. And mm-hmm. I really just want to spread love and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, man. Right. Like him too, you know? Right. And I was just like, golly, how many more, you know, just chaff in the wind? You know what I mean? Like, come mm-hmm. on. Like, we have enough of that already. Yeah. We, ha- we have enough soft men, spineless men who are capitulating or have capitulated years ago on stuff, right? Let them have it. We need strong men. We need steel Well, and steel that's what spines. got us here. We're... More right. weaselly men who didn't stand up. Right. And, you know, more and more I've been reading and thinking about the Puritans and the Covenanters who really stood up against the monarchs of England and were being killed. Women, young girls, the women. two Margarets, women, I don't know. Women. <laughs> women. Women. Francis, women. Women like women. Like women. <laughs> women. No, women. I don't. Uh, don't say it right. Um, the two Margarets, right, in in yeah. Scotland, that were Covenanters, and the one guard says to the young, the younger girls, eighteen or nineteen, I can't remember the story, and they're like, "You pray for the king right now." And she goes, "I pray that the Lord would give the king repentance." <laughs> but like, where is that, right? You will join our narrative. You will, you know what I mean. And you go, God, please give them your narrative or like something, you know what I mean? Just stand with Christ. Christ is King and stand with him right now. That just, there's too much back and down. Yes, definitely. And you know me, I've had conversations about this. Mm -hmm. It irritates me. Yeah. Hardcore. Especially when it's someone who has like stood strong before, you know, like some people, the things they post, I'm like, well, that's kind of what I'd expect. Sometimes I wonder, too, if this isn't... I mean, obviously, we know that our real enemy is Satan. Right. And he's a crafty little devil. Um, but, like, sometimes I think this could only happen in this uh, Christian culture where we have first believed that church is not essential. Mm-hmm. Like, we've been told that for the last few months. Church is not essential. Stay home. It's better for you to just love your neighbor than worship God. Yeah. That's what we've been told. That's what we believe now. It's been brainwashed in, you know, into our, our cultural norms. And then because we believe that, we think we don't actually need the gospel to go forward to create any type of change in our society, right? The church, we don't need the church. We don't need the churchy things to make an impact in society. That's just like recreational fun times on Sunday when the government lets us. Yeah. If we believe that, then it's no wonder that we fall into these like weird social justice-y, we don't need the gospel, Beth Moore comments. We yep. just need to love our neighbor. We just need to love people of color. And then that is going to be enough because that's what the church and the government has told us. The church isn't essential. Just right. love your neighbor. Well, and another thing that the church has walked away from and we've allowed the government to tell us, yeah, that's not, that's not essential. Um, I'm here is the family. Yeah. Right. And I know we wanted to talk about this specifically, but the church has walked away from a covenantal view of the family. And, you know, predominantly we're not 
baby baptizers and children catechizers. And the more that we've walked away from those typical ways of building up and strengthening a family, well, what do you get? You get a weak society. Well, I still love you, Baptists, and everyone else who's not, you know, pedo, but the principle is there where you you slowly drift away from uh, nurturing of your children into little kingdom samplings. Well, and if you're not placing the mark of the covenant, not you, meaning you personally, but like the church, if the church is not baptizing your babies, placing the mark of God's people upon that child, quite literally... The government's more than happy to put their mark on your kid. Right. You put them in a public school, and a daycare. They you do. put them in front of the TV. Well, it's also called a social security number. Yeah. You know, which is a 1900s on thing. Right. This wasn't, you know, the yeah. they got off the Mayflower and like, here's your social security number. Like, right. That came, way, that came later, but in the 1900s where right. that's the century that everything started to crumble and break apart. It's not weather, but which? Exactly. You're going to be marked and catechized by someone. Right. It's not if you're going to be. It's who's going to do it. Right. You can't escape it. So. And if yeah. you don't believe us, if you think we're being like really hyper about this or something, ask your kid to sing a theme song of their favorite show. I promise you any two-year-old can hum along every bar. Like they know. Something. The theme song of Peppa Pig or, you know, whatever. Whatever. I don't, I don't have little kids anymore. Sophia the First. Yeah. Whatever it is, My Moana. Yeah. Yeah, Moana. That's a bad. That's or, a big one. Or our new one, Kokomo. Kokomo. <laughs> that's that's the, the Beach adult Boys. catechism. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, any kid can like sing you the song of their people. Exactly. But the question is, who are their people? Who do they think they belong to? Right, and I, you know, our old pastor uh, brought this up to me, and I think it's a song, but it just talks about how the the people of God learn the language of zion mm-hmm. you know which is where you worship god that's church that's a you're a different people yeah and our children in the whole bible are always included in that and right. so they too need to grow up talking different than the world right. and speaking the language of zion not the language of baal molech or and whoever. i think a lot of parents even like baptist parents who would disagree with infant baptism would mostly disagree with or mostly agree with what we're saying yeah but then say something like but my kid doesn't understand or you know and they kind of like try and make an excuse a little bit like yes i agree we need to like catechize our kids but like they don't really understand when i'm giving them you know their catechism questions or whatever Mm -hmm. so like i do it but you know and honestly i think most of the excuses for not doing it are just like a laziness or the fear of being a hypocrite on the parents' part. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do it. Or we were just talking with someone the other day about um, consistency in parenting and how when you do parent a kid, it's the same standard for the parent as it is for the child. Right. Like, mom and dad fall under the lordship of Christ and so do you. God tells you to obey your parents and I have to obey God too. Right. So we both have the same boss kind of a thing. Right. It's equal. Yep. And, and that is easy for a child to understand and respect because it doesn't it means that mom and dad can't get away with all of their sin and lawless deeds Mm -hmm. but in the meantime i'm spanked every time i hit my sister right whatever you know yep it's consistent it's stability it makes sense it's logical and that's like comforting to a child 
And yep. the problem with a lot of parents is that we don't want to be consistent. Like we don't want to have to put ourselves under that same amount of discipline and consistency that it would take for us to actually be disciplined and consistent with our own children. And it's sad that we we blame our kids. Yeah. For our own hypocrisy. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's super sad when you think about it. You're like, well, I'm blaming my kid for my own lack of consistency in my walk before God. Yeah. That ought to that ought to sting a bit. But it's it's true. Yeah. Um so I know we wanted to talk about like what what do we do though to wage war, right? Is war <laughs> so one of the things we've typically seen is people um taking to social media mm-hmm. to which is good. I mean there's a lot of conversations that are had that are had on social media, excuse me, sorry. Um but is that the only place? Where else should we be waging war? And maybe some places to wage war uh, against all the craziness right now that we wouldn't expect. Yeah, well, because the the war is at your doorstep. Right. And you can choose to ignore it, but it's coming for you. That's a hint. It'll burn your house down. Actually, that makes me think of, for women, women, not women. I don't don't know what you're saying. (laughs) The, I don't know that word. The proverb that says a wise woman builds her home, yeah. but with folly she tears it down. So if you've built a home, when war comes to it, it's a little harder to get in, right? Well, and there's another proverb that talks about when her home, it, when it snows, she does not fear for her household. Mm-hmm. They're all clothed in scarlet. So there's a way you can build your home where, where in adversity comes for you. Mm-hmm. Where and when, where and when, where and when adversity yeah. <laughs> comes for you, you aren't actually fearful. Yeah. Because your household is clothed in scarlet. And there's a way where you can build your home and rather than the enemy tearing it down, you're doing it for them. True. Like you're jumping in and tearing apart your own home. And that honestly is a lot of what I see with this whole like social justice feminist, Amy Bird crap. That's just like floating around right now. Yep. Like we are literally tearing apart our own homes. Right. And then like seeing. We're doing the work for them. Look like we're, you know, doing the Marie Kondo, you know, Mm -hmm. we're so great organizing our home when in reality we're just like tearing plaster down and like. Already broke the windows. Pretty much. We don't need the looters. Yeah. We are our own looters. Yeah. I hate. Don't. Don't uh don't bother coming here. I've already I've already burnt the house down. Pretty much. <laughs> so uh, so a way to to remedy this, right? So what do we do? Well, it's different for each gender, mm-hmm. each walk of life, right? Like yeah, someone who's single versus someone who's married, and just like your position, like mm-hmm. your sphere of influence. Right. Like, what do you do for a job? Yeah, that will come into play. But, okay, for a woman, what would you say right now? I mean... You've talked about how basically any kind of feminist leanings are helping destroy, not help build. Right. And so, what do women? Women, you did. Yes. Woo! What do women do to help wage war right now? And I know we were talking earlier, and this, this may not be what people expect. Well, number one, depending on your life situation, like unless you're a single mom or you have extreme situation on your hand, extremely abnormal situation, mm-hmm. quit your job. Like stop dividing your time for one. 
If you can like simplify your life, quit your job and be homeward focused, start there. Don't throw out books you don't feel love for. Just quit your job. (laughs) Just quit your job. And I know that's like easy to say and there are extenuating circumstances. Yeah. You know, like you said, your husband's paralyzed, you have to work or you're a single mom or whatever. Right. We we understand extenuating circumstances. But I'm going to stop dying the death of a thousand qualifications qualifications and just say quit your job and actually like believe the Bible. The Bible says to, you know, be the keeper of your home and the manager of your home. Mm -hmm. Just believe that God actually knows what he's talking about. Right. Because if you can't even be faithful in that one small thing then you are living out disobedience disobedience to the entire world. Like quite frankly. Right, you're showing I don't I don't actually believe this. I don't believe that God's design actually is good and can like work out well for me in the end to his glory, right? Yep. And we 100% understand that those words are hard words. But the Bible is has a lot of hard words and it's meant to produce soft people that doesn't mean a woman can't work outside of her home right right because the bible also talks about a faithful woman who is buying and selling and Mm -hmm. trading is buying property returning uh you know a profit or turning a profit on her purchases and Mm -hmm. there's something glorious about that it's not that a woman can't work outside of the home right right so she's not pursuing her career and it is very much uh amendment to the fact that she is like running and managing her home right i mean when proverbs 31 there's a lot of there's a lot of other descriptors of this virtuous woman Mm -hmm. um like her children rise up and call her blessed and so again to foster a home culture where that does happen yeah if you're gone all the time you're not there for them to bless you well and i think you know, or do the, they don't even know you? One of the biggest things that we would say in a Christian home is that to make disciples, you have babies. That's the easiest way to make disciples. Mm-hmm. So if you're having children, raising them to be Christians, baptizing them, <laughs> raising them to be Christians, right? then, I mean, God willing, we have three little disciples who will have more children and they'll have more children and so on and so forth. And that is the most practical, easy, simple way that the kingdom of God grows. Right. Do that. It's really hard for you to grow faithful children if you have the government raising them. Exactly. Because that goes back to the the uh, government putting their mark on, exactly. their covenantal mark on your child. Well, and you, you have to, they have to train them in some worldview. Right. You can't not do that. You where the way they learn history is going to be a certain way. Right. Well, it's even, not going to be a Christian. Even now way. we are seeing the liberal agenda trying to uh taint and change even American history within yeah. the last 100 years. We're not well, even I talking think, about world history, just Yeah. the br- very brief window of history that like my grandparents have lived in, you know? Well, when you got uh, what's his? What's Cuomo's the dude that's on the news though? His brother, Chris, Chris Cuomo, on CNN on his show saying, you know, whatever said that protests need to be peaceful. Yeah. And like literally in the First Amendment just says, and the you know the right to peaceably protest. It's just right there. But it's because those those founding principles, which are biblical and their um, principles, that 
we don't teach anymore. They're not required learning. They're not emphasized. And so I think right now a lot of the a lot of what we're seeing is the product of disregarding our history and stripping God out of stripping God out of all of it, stripping biblical principles out well, of all of it. Well, this is where you can't like you can't divorce God from certain subjects either, right? Because yeah, I have or heard, any really, right? We, I mean, yeah, any. But I'm just saying, like, even as far as education goes, because I've heard and seen on a lot of like reformed homeschooling pages where they'll say things like, "I know this isn't really a Christian curriculum, but I'm going to use a Christian curriculum for Bible or science or like whatever." I, they can piece it together, and it's like science doesn't make sense unless you have a logical God. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have an evolutionary worldview, right. everything is random. Yep. How can you ever test or prove anything? Because what's consistent and true one day could just be totally the opposite the next. Like none of it makes any sense. And you can't divorce certain subjects and topics in education from the creator. It's impossible. So then if you believe that and you think, well, that's absolutely true, then why in the world would you send your child who is going to be educated into a system where they're getting a subpar education so that you can turn around and work in a society that is godless as well mm-hmm. because it like puts a feather in your hat because you're, you know, contributing to the society. Right. Like it's just a weird thing yep. in my mind. Get the heck out of the office, get your butt in the kitchen, learn how to cook, learn how to educate your children, learn how to love your husband, and learn how to do it joyfully. And those are all commands in the Bible. Yeah. Erica's not making up this stuff and and you want to talk about being countercultural? Right. Say any of those things to anyone, even in Christian circles, and you will piss them all off. That's true. <laughs> um, and and so another thing in the home before I go outside the home is fathers need to be catechizing and doing family worship with their family, with their kids. They Those kids need to understand the world and everything in it through mm-hmm. a biblical lens and through biblical eyes. They need eyes that um, will see everything as God is creator, as Jesus is king, right? As the Holy Spirit is working the you know purposes of the kingdom through everything, even tragedy, even protests and what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. God's kingdom and uh, redemptive purposes are still being worked out. That's, that is still happening. Right. Um, you know, like we said in Pilgrim's Progress. It, Pilgrim's Promise. Yeah, that's right. Pilgrim's Promise. We played on that, t- that title. Um, but You don't need the government to live. If the government mm-hmm. were to all of a sudden take away everything they do for you, it wouldn't mean anything to you because they don't do anything for you anyway. Exactly. Um, I just saw today Doug Wilson tweeted. I haven't read what happened in this, but what he said applies here. He just said... Um, Something about a Supreme Court ruling, um, and he said, remember, New St. Andrews College, which is the college he started in mm-hmm. Idaho, he said, New St. Andrews College doesn't take any federal money. And he said, all the Christian colleges that do are definitely in for it. Yep. And just that terminology, I don't even know what he's talking about. I'm like, oh, dang, I wonder what they passed. You know, I wonder what they passed that. It was, uh, well, it's another conversation. Yeah, but but that's what you're talking about is not having to be dependent on federal loans and, you know, filling 
filling your classes with students at your college because they can get federal loans or because they can get whatever from right. the government. And so I can hear all the Christians now saying, well, the problem is that there are a lot of single moms and there are a lot of poor people and there are a lot of whatever. And so what are we supposed to do? Go like ask people your have church. to eat. So imagine if in every way the government has their handouts, right? They mm-hmm. help the farmer, they help the single mom on welfare, they help with food stamps, they help with whatever. Business owners. Sure. Yeah. Business loans even, right? Yep. I mean, you name it, all the things the government does, what if the church did? Think about the type of power the church would have. So now you have a deadbeat dad mm-hmm. who's abusing his wife, who's not feeding his kids, whatever. He's got a drug problem, an alcohol problem, mm-hmm. but he's really dependent on the church. So now when the wife is saying, I'm going to go talk to our pastor, he's actually scared. Right. There actually is some type of respect and reverence and like, I don't want to say threat, but like, holy cow, I actually do need to like live up to the standard that God has for me rather than I'm just, I'm going to call the police and the police don't do anything. Right. Like yeah. it, it doesn't mean anything like yeah. doing it God's way actually is more victim focused. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And, um, and beneficial. Definitely. Yeah. hundred percent because the, the way the government hands stuff out never encourages a man or the head of a household or whatever to just become a productive person. Right. There's no incentive to stop taking the hand out. Well, and in a lot of cases, it actually cuts the legs out from underneath a man. Mm-hmm. Like if he has any, any kind of, you know, abuse charge, which is a very vague term, like he could mm-hmm. have cussed at his wife and get an abuse charge in yeah. some cases. But like in many of those kinds of cases, now he can't even be around his kids. Yeah. So now you're like, it, it, you're just like stuck between a rock and a hard place of, do I call the cops on my husband because he's got a temper problem and he just punched a hole in the wall? If that, if I do, that he might not be able to like actually be around the kids anymore. So it's, it's a weird thing. The whole system is yeah broken and. But the, you know the the main point what we're saying though is that the church should be the the lead in a lot of this though so we so that we shouldn't have to be dependent upon so but i was bringing up some of those reforms and some of those ideas to say Mm -hmm. it's not that we are saying that culture doesn't need to be reformed police don't need to be reformed society doesn't need to be reformed the church doesn't need to be reformed we're called awakening reformation for crying out loud right (laughs) we believe it needs to be reformed right but not in the same way that the Black Lives Matter movement is like pushing for. Not at all. Not that aggressive. No. They're not their goal is not a biblical society. No. So a Christian cannot stand up with them and say, I'm with you. That right. is a that is a biblically inconsistent thing to do. I mean, it literally is like, you know, one of the colonials looking at the red coat being like, We want the same things. I'll fight with you. Right. <laughs> But you don't really want the same things. And right. they quickly, a lot of them quickly realized that. Exactly. As the red coats were, you know, locking people in churches and burning them down. Yeah. Um, putting your head in the sand is not going to work. It's not working. Look around you. You can't just ignore it. It's going to come at you from some angle, whether it's 
your boss saying, put this rainbow flag out or, or whatever you sharing a Bible verse and someone saying like, Oh, you believe the Bible? Well, the Bible talks about slavery. So what? Mm -hmm. And like at some level, you're going to have to stand up. Right. And you're going to have to know your Bible. Your kids are learning about the LGBTQ agenda in school if they go to a public school. I promise you. And they should be learning it from you, not that they should learn a lot worse, too. Yeah, and a lot worse. Yeah, true. But um, I'm just saying, like, they are being catechized. The war is being waged. Right. It's creeping into your home. Mm-hmm. And as a woman, like your your home, like your home is where your battlefield is. Once something passes past past that like threshold of Line your door, defense. like you have the yeah. right to, as JL did, put a tent peg in the temple yeah. of your enemy, right? Because it's come to you. You weren't out in the fields, you know, looking for uh, the a enemy. Fight. Yeah, you weren't looking for a fight. You weren't looking to cut off anyone's head. Mm-hmm. That's where your husband should be. So just on that point right there, babe, for a, a woman on social media and a mom, what would be what would be the more uh, JL like move on social media? I mean, it's hard because <laughs> there's a lot so of topics here's to be two examples. Discussed. One is, you know, political commentary. And again, I'm not even saying either one's either one's bad or, or mm-hmm. whatever, but political commentary sharing a you know news article and giving giving some political commentary and then the next post or a similar post um is about something going on in the home some some something some praise for one of their kids mm-hmm. whether it's a verse they memorized or something like that um what do you say between those two I mean, if given the choice, should a woman be posting something political or posting about, like, a great Raising victory? Raising godly saplings. Yeah, a victory she won in her own home. I'd much rather her post about a victory she won in her own home. But at the same time, I don't think a woman can't right. post about something political. And, like, a woman is still called to love God with all her mind. So mm-hmm. we have to... This is what's hard. A woman ought to be able to speak the hope of the gospel in any yep. on any topic right. whether it's politics religion education education whatever. everything like yeah. be educated be every bit as educated as a man mm-hmm. absolutely right but realize how you apply that is going to look a whole lot differently than a man and it should right because if you are the one that's constantly battling with men about politics on your facebook page and your husband is looking on I've got some concerns there. Right. Well, and it kind of goes back to what Paul said about the body of Christ too, right? Not not all can be a mouth. Not all can be eyes. Not all can be ears. So having differences and distinctions, which which again is completely opposite of the Black Lives Matter and and our social... Very egalitarian. Right. The squashing of any distinctions, which again, they literally say on their website, we want to do away with all distinctions and inequalities. So let me say it like this. A woman's social media account ought to look more feminine than a man's. Yep. And that's not to say that, like, her... And a man's should just not look feminine. (laughs) Absolutely. Period. I mean, if men are always posting about, like, the doily they crocheted and the sourdough they made and 
the cute sundress. They block and don't, ban. Like don't worry about what I post. Block, <laughs> block and ban it now. Or if I post guys. it, I'm praising the incredible craftsmanship of my wife. Yeah, but that's fine because that's a biblical concept too, right? Praise her in the gates. That's right. But but how we do social media as women mm-hmm. ought to be different than how a man does social media. Right. Does that make sense? And I'm not going to like sit here and police women's social media accounts. I have no. no desire to do that. But if you read the Bible about men and women, you'll see that there are different just personality characteristics of each. Well, right? Men are never called to have a gentle and quiet spirit. Right. But women are. Right. Um, Joshua was told by God over and over and over and be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Right. Women, you don't see being reminded all the time, be strong and courageous. Are they supposed to be? Yeah. But it's because yeah. men are given a job where things get a little scary and then they need to be reminded that the Lord's with them and that they need to be strong and courageous. And so that's that's probably why Joshua was reminded a lot. There's really there's really big people who are, had sophisticated weapons and all that in Canaan. So I, I get it, right? right? I'm in the army. I get it. Um, and so you, you just have to see these different roles that men and women play. And like you said, it, mm-hmm. it should look different. And that's okay. That's a good thing. That, that means you're covering all the bases. Right? And I can hear and I feel the struggle even myself, but I can hear women saying, but it doesn't bother me when people attack me on social media. It doesn't bother me when I have men calling me names or attacking me for my beliefs. And that's not to say you can't post about your beliefs. I'm not at all saying that. Not at all. But I have noticed that I can post something and my captions invite rage. And I can post the same thing where my caption invites a, a totally different response from people, right? And this is where like wisdom comes into play and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But for the women who say it doesn't bother me when they're attacking me, that's my problem. It's kind of like when Christians say like I can watch Game of Thrones and it doesn't bother me. But it should bother you. I remember being in sin, you know, way back, and it didn't bother me. Right. That's the problem. (laughs) So if it doesn't bother you, if you can harden yourself to that type of response, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying women should be like babies and like fussing all the time over like someone calling them a mean name, but I'm saying there is some type of softness that you want to have as a woman. You don't want to become so hard and calloused and abrasive and like masculine Mm -hmm. that that's just your demeanor and that's what you're putting off to the world i can be every bit as strong and gruff and brute as a man does that make sense yeah anyway i hope it does to all of y'all that's my two cents and that does not mean you can't have the jl steely spine when the fight comes to you Right. But you shouldn't be out looking for a fight. Right. You can still be resolved on what the mission and the end game is. Mm-hmm. Right. Enemy needs to die. You just have a different place where you fight that war. Right. And God decides when and how the how mm-hmm. the fight is brought to you. Right. Yeah. So. And men should just always be ready to fight. Oh, yeah. Every day. That's right. Heck yeah, brother. And so, yeah, just... Man, I, I just can't encourage men enough to just have a strong spine. And, it, and if you're having a difficult time doing that right now, like I said, read up on the Covenanters. Like, you just read a few biographies of them. I found a YouTube channel called um, Scotland's Forgotten History, 
and it's little like 10 minute videos about certain men throughout the Covenanter time in the 1600s and who just were, man, they were so strong and courageous standing up for their convictions. No, for Christ's crown and covenant. Like I, king, queen, it doesn't matter. Christ is king and I will obey him before you. Gosh. And right now the crown, yes, is the government. Well, that's what we've seen. The government and COVID, that's been the crown. And then right now the crown is the mob, right? Yeah. In the protest. And both of those are causing so many uh, Christians to just buckle. Yep. And as soon as they see them at their doorstep, their knees are knocking. Mm -hmm. And it's, we need none of it. Sometimes I relate to the Israelites marching around Jericho. Yeah. Like day four israelites yeah we were like why are we doing this again (laughs) like this seems like a really foolish idea i trust you right this does not seem like the most effective way of doing this surely there's a better way (laughs) totally yeah that's that's where we are like we're in the middle of it uh like we're just going to keep going and there will be success in the end like the walls will come down Mm -hmm. christ has already won the battle right like the promised land is already our inheritance you know exactly we walk by faith, not by sight. And we're just on day four of marching. That's all. Yeah. A few more days. You got this. But you have to be willing to do the marching. Yeah. Can't stop. Can't or stop At this marching. point, we're on like day, what, 100 and something? <laughs> Seriously. We've been sigmund for a while. <laughs> That's very, very true. You know, you take the words from the great Beastie Boys. And we got the right to fight. It's not really a party, though. <laughs> hey, we're partying. Jesus is king and still in charge. And people can pretend, you know, but Psalm 2 says, like, the nations plot and rage against God. And yeah, they it's all in vain. God's just laughing at him. Huh? It's, that's funny. It's like a toddler pitching a fit. Yeah. It's like literally what God sees when he looks down at the riots and he's like, oh, that's mm-hmm. it's kind of cute, but you are wicked, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. It's not cute in the like cuddly kind of cute. It's cute in the like you're small. It's pity. You're small and I could whip your butt in like two seconds. That's that's yeah exactly. (laughs) Well put, babe. Well put. All right. Are we good? I guess. I hope that was made sense. Yeah. I hope that was helpful and hopefully it was encouraging. If you like this episode, this content, please share and like it. And we're gonna try and be more consistent. Yep. Comment on it. Let us know your thoughts. All right. We really appreciate the engagement and hope to uh, talk with some of you guys. I'll make sure they keep on track. And he'll keep us on track. Our regulator. All right, everybody. Have Thank you. Here. Exactly. We pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gained, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart. From original sin, the effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a Dark state, Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames. Left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames. Cause we're powerless to change. If you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily as you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3.
You'll see that verse one is my thesis. It's the deepest truth that should get you speechless. What scripture teaches will fill in the missing pieces. Picture Jesus meeting up with Nicodemus. Perhaps it was fright about the other Pharisees' wicked spite against Christ that turned this into Nicked Night. He called the rabbi and gave him props. Said he was a teacher from God. Jesus replied, made him stop. Regarding the kingdom of God, no one's going in. In fact, you can't even see it unless you're born again. That must have consumed and stretched his mind. Cause he said, Can a man enter his mother's womb a second time? Naturalistically, the only way for him to hear it. Jesus said, You must be born of the water and the spirit. No other way to enter heaven. That sounds like Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27. In this new birth, the spirit is the source and the agent. The water symbolizes spiritual purification. Flesh can only produce flesh. That's true and factual. Regenerating work of the spirit is supernatural. It's kind of like the wind, which is free. East to west can't perceive the steps. You can only see its effects in the same way the Holy Spirit chooses who he pleases to sovereignly open their eyes to the truth of Jesus. For the spirit's mysterious operation uh-huh. We will all be under serious condemnation I'd still be rejecting the sun If God hadn't said let there be light Like Genesis 1 yeah. And just like the light could not refuse to shine Irresistible grace has renewed my mind Let's exalt the king who died and truly is risen The new birth is not the effect of human decision But the cause It changes our natural habitation This situation It's a radical transformation I was cursed and polluted So my dirt was inexcusable With new internal his person is beautiful, his worth is indisputable, the lamb is amazing, a standing ovation for his work in the crucible, so let us respond with true worship and love to the God who was given new birth from above.